Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Today I'm excited to bring you yet another fantastic lesson from the Commune Library. You'll be hearing from author and speaker and dear friend Danielle Laporte. Her Commune program titled The Desire Map Course is 10 days of videos and downloadable worksheets that give your goal setting methods a much needed makeover by showing you that desire, not deadlines, is what creates the necessary motivation to show up passionately and fully for your own life. In this episode, Danielle discusses appreciation as a praxis of well-being. Danielle is always about fostering clarity about how to get clear on your core desired feelings and what's working and not working in your life. So you may want to grab paper and pencil to get the most out of today's program. As you may know, in addition to being a podcast, Commune is also a video course platform featuring a wide range of programs from top teachers on personal growth, yoga, meditation, spirituality, functional medicine, nutrition, and social impact. Essentially everything that you need in your life to be holistically well. To begin watching this course about how to create a soul-fulfilled life for free, go to onecommune.com slash desire dash map. And please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcatcher. It really makes a huge difference. Okay, without further delay, I present to you Danielle Laporte. Gratitude is a quality of the heart, and it's good for your brain chemistry. I really, really, really love this part of desire mapping. And here's the science. University of California at Davis studied people who kept a weekly gratitude list compared to people who kept a list of things that irritated them. <laughs> ah, and what do you know? They concluded that a Conscious focus on blessings may have had an emotional and interpersonal benefit. Again, dudes, with the science, like we know this for the love. We have been at this self-help stuff for a while, but it's nice to kind of weave it in. So there is some actual chemistry to this. The brain's hypothalamus, which we have established is in the center, yeah. uh, it regulates stress. So it also kind of tickles this area called the ventral tegmental. Say that quickly. The ventral tegmental produces feelings of pleasure. So we can conclude appreciation is a form of wellness. That's my science. In this module, you're going to explore what you are grateful for so that you can get some more of those positive feelings circulating in your hypothalamus. Um, we want to bring your vibration up. And we want you to get clear about where you want to focus your creative, as in your life creating energy. And this will become more obvious later in the process when you move into living with your core desired feelings. Make your gratitude list as long as you want. The longer the better. Just gratitude it up. This is important. While you're naming off your gratitudes in each life area, five areas, next to each thing that you say that you're grateful for, I'm asking you to complete this statement. I'm grateful for this because, so here's why. Being specific about what you're thankful for increases the sensation of appreciation. 
And that gives you access to even more positive feelings, life-affirming feelings, choosing life through gratitude. You're going to get deeper into the sensuality and the meaningfulness of the circumstances and the people in your life that you are thankful for. So I'll use myself as an example. I'm grateful for my home. This isn't my home, by the way, but it looks a lot like my home. I'm grateful for my home. Why? Because it's where I hang out with the people that I love the most in the whole wide world. Um, it's where I'm warm. It's where I'm safe. It's where I feel creative. It's definitely where I'm the most creative. It's where I'm both protected and nourished. I'm also free. So those are all the because whys with why I'm grateful for my home. And those reasons are all feelings. So let's say you're incredibly grateful for your best friend. I ask you the question, why? Uh, because they make you feel incredibly loved. Because their laughter seems to change everything. Because with your best friend you feel seen and heard and connected and lit up. Those are all feelings. You're grateful for clean drinking water. You should be grateful for clean drinking water because wellness and vitality and energy, yeah, all feeling words. So we're expanding your awareness. We're expanding your awareness of gratitude and we're illuminating the positive feelings. And some of those positive feelings that you identify may show up later on your list of core desired feelings. And we'll get there. In this step, we'll walk through five life areas. These life areas are really the spine of the desire map process. You're going to come back to them again and again. So before you jump into gratitude, let me just explain a little bit more about the life areas because this will set you up for the entire desire map experience. These are all open to interpretation. You can change them up. Call them what you want. Life is very complicated, too complicated to put in logical categories, but I tried. So here are the five lifestyle areas. Livelihood and lifestyle. So this could cover career work, money, home, things, the stuff you own, your fashion, your travel. All right. Then there's body and wellness. That's fitness, food, relaxation, uh, healing modalities, your mental health, sex and sensuality brings us to creativity and learning. So under that umbrella, I would put culture and your creative expression and education, your interests, your hobbies. Big one, relationships and society. So there's romantic relationships, partnership, and then there's friendship and then there's family and children, and then there's community and your social causes. And then there's essence and spirituality. Maybe that's the biggest life area of them all. Your soul, your inner self, your faith, your devotional practices. All right, to sum it up, to send you off in each life area, what are you grateful for and why? So get in there. Get all appreciative and thankful, all adoring and thrilled. Yeah, give thanks. All right, recap on gratitude, where you were last. How did you feel? 
I'm just going to keep asking how you felt. How did you feel when you were generating your gratitude list? Could you feel your hypothalamus all lit up maybe? What does gratitude feel like in your body? It matters. What feels possible when you're thankful? All right, next step. Uh, what's not working and needs to change? Don't be scared. First, we need to talk about stress because I'm going to be asking you about the stressful situations in your life and this can kick some stuff up. So when we look at what's stressful, where we're dissatisfied, disappointed, annoyed, agitated, we can sometimes get on this slippery slope into blame. So we blame ourselves and we blame others. If they'd change, they'd change. Uh, if only I were more of this, it's just like this, they go south into criticism and despair. Uh, the far south, you get to that place where you think things will never change. But we want this to be a productive exercise. So we're not just expelling. We want to lead ourselves towards some clarity, towards some equanimity, some balance. So we're going to approach this with an observer's mind. Observer's mind. And this is a great approach for most things in life but especially the really complicated, painful issues. So essentially what I'm talking about is objectivity, which is difficult to have when you're hurting, but it's possible and it's empowering and it's the work of a lifetime. When you can be the witness to what's happening in you and around you, then you are operating at a higher level of consciousness. It's definitely something to aim for. The Buddhist scholars and the psychoanalysts, the good psychoanalysts, go really deep with this. But we're just going to grab what we can for now. So let's look at our pain and our problems as if it were a weather report. It's just a listing of the facts. It's rainy. It's sunny. The clouds are clearing. You can have some emotion, by the way, when you do this. There's a bit of fog. It just is what it is. There's no one to blame for the weather. There's no judgment on nature. It's just what you can see objectively. Yeah, that covers that. Okay, a new note on stress. There's positive stress and there's negative stress. I think of positive stress as creative tension, as good. The pressure is helping you to focus and to expand at the same time. You can turn that kind of pressure into fuel. So positive stress, uh, I liken it to healthy carbs. You know, a moderate amount of positive stress, of healthy carbs, is really good for us. Negative stress is the bad carbs of emotions. It's not fuel. It's actually more like a kind of poison. And, you know, life is full of opportunities for negative stress as part of living. And we're psychologically resilient and physically resilient enough to process a certain amount of toxicity in doses and in phases, but too much too fast makes us unwell. We know this. So when you dive into this exercise, be asking yourself if this stress is actually nourishing you, if it's more of a creative tension, or is that stress that you're identifying taking away from your vitality and your peace of mind? What's not working? You know. We need to get real about what's not working so we can change it. It's healthy to identify the negatives in your life. 
so you can make a plan to transform them or at least to consciously ignore them, in which case some of our so-called problems often tend to disappear. I think it's true that what we focus on expands. Where the attention goes, the energy follows. At the same time, what we aren't aware of underneath the surface, it can rule us. It's all that unconscious stuff in the basement of our psyches. If we put our awareness on the problem, then healing happens. Awareness on the problem equals healing. We don't deny the pain. We don't bury the pain or the blockages. We bring it to the light, upward to the light of our consciousness, to the light of spirit's love, and we get it sorted. And that's what it means to heal yourself, to parent yourself, to be the master of your own domain. Some of us do this spiritual bypass where we just say everything is positive all the time. So spiritual bypassing is when we use a spiritual practice or a belief to avoid our pain. It's all good. I'm just going to use an affirmation to stop my emotional bleeding. Affirmations work. They're an important tool for designing your life. But you can't deny when you're in emotional pain. Being awake is about seeing everything you can with clarity. And then you apply intentional positivity. No denial, all choice. On the other hand, there are those of us who are propelled by the negative, reminding ourselves of what sucks and who's letting us down again, and how difficult it is for us to get what we want again, but how much better it is for them. Our parents screwed us up and how we attract narcissists and how misunderstood we are. Solo, FOMO, no mo. You know, it's probably all true. It's probably all true. Life is full of hardship. We suffer. We have been hurt, but sometimes we let that hardship become part of our identity. Negative thinking becomes the unconscious default in that case. We take the hard stories and we replay them over and over again. We put the pain on repeat. And why do we do this? We do it because it's familiar. And what's familiar, even if it's negative, can be strangely comforting. And who doesn't want and deserve comfort when they need it? Also, revisiting the pain points can make us feel right. And feeling right can feel powerful. But that's false power because it's holding us back from actually feeling better, from really feeling better. Fixating on the negative blocks us from the core desired feelings that live in the heart, the throne of true power. So this exercise is about acknowledging your current discomforts and aggravations with intention. We want to go deeper and we want to give ourselves a good time. We need to excavate without spiraling into darkness and despair. It can be done. So how do we distinguish between healthy introspection and examination of those gaps in life versus just a bitch and blame fest? Approach this as an observer, a witness to the story. You're noticing the content of what's not working. Healthy observations are what feels off, out of alignment. Uh, it feels painful. It feels incomplete. All right. An unhealthy observation is, is just a list of complaints. It's, uh, you know, we often take the position of self-victimization. There's a ton of blaming involved, and that includes self-blame and criticism of others. So stay in the witness mode 
and try to simply notice what in your life is currently causing some suffering or frustration. We take it another step further. We always take it another step further. Next to each thing that you note that is not working, I'm asking you to consider why that issue is causing you stress or pain. Your answers might surprise you. You might start to see connections between feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. So let me give you an example. You're in the life area of body and wellness, and uh, what's not working is that you're tired a lot of time. All right, so you're in body and wellness. You're clear, I'm fatigued, I'm tired a lot of the time. Next question is, why is that issue causing you stress or pain? Uh, because I wake up already feeling behind, because I'm too tired to get good exercise, because I eat crappy food when I'm tired. So you see, those are noticings. Those are personal facts. You're not saying to yourself, I'm a loser when I wake up. I'm too lazy to exercise. My evil friends order pizza all the time for me. I can't say no, right? You're observing what feels painful and heavy without judging yourself or anyone else for what's happening. So let's do another example. Hot area, relationships, so loaded for so many of us. Let's say, we'll do something fairly benign. Let's say that what's not working is that you clean up the house more than your partner does. I said it was benign, I'm kidding, because that's a big issue. Um, so then the next question becomes, why is that issue causing you stress or pain? And then you might say, because I want a tidy home, because I feel more peaceful in a clean space, uh, because I would rather spend my time doing something that I actually enjoy, uh, because I don't feel heard by my partner. All of those are observations and feelings. Not once did you blame your partner or yourself. But you're still being really honest at the same time about your experience and your needs. By the way, this observation approach to most problems is a total game changer. Two more pointers, two for this exercise. Number one, if you lean toward the pessimistic or if you're in a world of agony right now, in which case, love, um, and you will get to the other side, you might want to set a time limit on this exercise. Just 10 minutes of barf, just 10 minutes to get up all the negatives that you need to get out and then breathe. Just set it on your phone. You can always come back to this on a stronger easier day. If you get profoundly bummed out while you're doing this, that's human. No judgment. You just may need to have a good cry. Just release some pain. Free yourself up. Just maybe go back to your gratitude list. Read those out loud. Help just balance yourself out. So here's a second pointer. Maybe your life right now is really good, in which case, congratulations. And your initial thought is things are pretty cool. There's not much in my life that's not working right now. Fantastic. But there's always something, always, that can be unearthed and improved and polished. We never stop growing. So just start the whole exercise with these questions. What do I wish was different in this area of my life? 
Or you could ask yourself, what do I wish was happening? So again, context. This is like, life is great for you right now. We're trying to get in there. So what do you wish was happening? What else do you wish was going on? What's stopping things right now from being any different than they are? And then I bet you that there's going to be an aha about what's not working. Things will start to get uncovered. All right, recap. So from a place of witnessing, from being the observer, from non-judgmentalness. Is that a word, non-judgmentalness? Don't be judgmental. Uh, Ask yourself, what's not working? What needs to change? And why is that situation causing stress or pain? So courage and compassion. Courage and compassion are the magic combination here. You're growing. We're all growing all the time. Everything is progress. Name it and claim it. Bring it to the light to be healed. I'm out of aphorisms, just blessings. Get in there. Thank you for listening to this excerpt from Daniela Port's commune program titled The Desire Map Course. To begin watching this course for free, go to onecommune.com slash desire dash map and feel free to email me any old time with suggestions, questions, or criticism of the constructive variety at jeffk at onecommune.com. Okay, that's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasno and I'm here for you. Thank you.